ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast, audio only edition dropping on a football Friday morning. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. And Bo, you know, I watched Packers Lions last night. I know many people have made this comparison. Dan Campbell, Jonathan Gannon, copy the Lions, rebuild. The Lions got a bunch of picks trading Matthew Stafford, took advantage in the draft. And like, like I was always kind of lukewarm on that because I not not that I didn't like Dan Campbell, but like schematically, like I feel like Gannon is superior, right? Like they both have put together good staffs. Ben Johnson's fantastic with Detroit. Mm-hmm. Aaron Glenn's fine. He interviewed for the Cardinal DC job, if you remember. <laughs> but like Gannon to me is 70 sacks, 17 picks. Like Dan Campbell was always just kind of a position coach. But then I watched the team tonight and I watched a good amount of Detroit. I like how they're built. What'd they do that first year with Dan Campbell? They took a tackle in the top 10, Penesol. What the Cardinals do? They took a tackle. Then they got a receiver in the mid-rounds that people were kind of lukewarm on, and Amon Ron St. Brown. Well, the Cardinals took Michael Wilson this year. He's leading mm-hmm. the team in, in receiving yards. Um, they're led by a veteran quarterback and Jared Goff. The Cardinals are going to be lead, led by Kyler Murray at some point. I, and then they want to be a dominant run team, and the Cardinals are sixth in the, the NFL in rushing right now. I, I do think there are some parallels and I, I I don't dislike them, but I also think the Cardinals potentially with the picks and then obviously Kyler Murray do have a higher ceiling at some point. I do think there's a ceiling with this Lions team. Yeah, there absolutely is. And when you look at the blueprint, Jonathan Gannon didn't want to play that game. He was asked about the comp after their big week one win over the Kansas City Chiefs on the road. They win 20 21-20. Everybody's like, oh, the Lions. And then they kind of came back down to earth, and then they have a big Thursday night performance. And, like, I thought that they did a great job. And this is, of course, with Dave Sears, now assistant general manager of uh, Monty Osford here in the desert. But he was there in that part of the scouting department for the Detroit Lions and Brad Holmes as they started their rebuild. And I think that they did a really good job in eating their vegetables the last couple offseason and last couple drafts. And as you mentioned, like you take the Penny Sewell, uh, you, you 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 really emphasize the trenches. You get an Aiden Hudsonson at a premium position at the pass rush position, and you get those you know on the offense and defensive side of the defensive lines, right? And then this like last off season, I mean, they drafted the guy with the Cardinals pick twelfth overall that they traded down from or out from sixth overall to take Jameer Gibbs, who they're not even really featuring in this in this offense just right now that belongs to David Montgomery and also they take an off ball linebacker I mean they're going the old Steve Keim route so it's like the it's like the meme of the three dragons and in, in this past draft was the middle dragon right with the with the funky face uh but like up until the 2023 draft they've done very well and you know they get a branch right and they had they kind of gave some themselves the luxury of, of take of, of taking some risks like they did this last draft but will they pay for that Eventually, probably, but what they had done previous to that, yeah, that's kind of the blueprint, isn't it? Like yeah. draft well, develop well, lead well, and that's just going to put you in a position to to continue the the linear like just progress of of a rebuild. David Montgomery scoring touchdowns and bunches. James Conner, the offense right now yeah. for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, they, you know, Sam Laporte is a nice tight end. Uh, you know, the Cardinals. I hope feature Trey McBride or Zach Ertz at some point like that. But it is funny. They could have just kept DeAndre Swift and not taken Jameer Gibbs and probably drafted like Christian Gonzalez or Jalen Carter. But, you know, to each their own. I'm not going to criticize sure. 
too much of what they've done. But here's what I will say. We talked a little bit about it off air. Just the landscape of how you're able to win games in the NFC in 2023. And this could change three to five years down the line. But the reality right now is it's a conference that's not made up of, of high-end quarterback play. Mm-hmm. And sure, there, there'll probably be an influx of quarterbacks drafted into the conference if you're looking at, of course, teams like Chicago, potentially Minnesota, maybe Atlanta dabbles, depending on how some of these teams play. Bryce Young in Carolina really hasn't gotten off to a great start. The, the AFC is just a gauntlet of who's who at quarterback. And I, I say all that, Bo, just to kind of emphasize like what the Cardinals are doing, I, I do think is sustainable. And then you add in a K-1 at some point and you get buy-in and he plays like he used to play, oh, hell, potentially better and more efficient. Like you can be a better version of Detroit right now. Like Kyler Murray, at his best, in my opinion, is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. Certainly has a, has a higher ceiling, right? And we saw Dak Prescott lose to Josh Dobbs at State Farm Stadium. Like jo- Dak Prescott's over 30 years old. Like Brock Purdy is the dominant quarterback right now in this conference. Kirk Cousins on his way out, potentially. Jordan Love's just the guy, in my opinion. Derek Carr. I mean, it's just the, the conference is Geno Smith this year is pretty mass. Stafford looks like he could retire next year. I just, I think right. it's, and I, I would bet my bottom dollar, Gannon and Austin Ford know this. It's like, yeah, we can draft a quarterback and maybe 25, 30% hit rate, we get lucky. Well, we can just embrace Kyler Murray, assuming he's healthy, and immediately have a, a top three quarterback in the NFC. That's got to be a good feeling. I don't think anybody can deny at this point, like Dan Campbell's a leader of men, right? But as far as schematically, there's probably a ceiling there. Like, how can he help you throughout the game? Can he hinder you at times? I, I think you could make the case, right? You've, you've seen some boneheaded mistakes from Dan Campbell. He's learned early, from like his first yeah, year and a half. Absolutely. And I think that cerebrally and schematically, I think Jonathan Gannon, you, you immediately give him kind of the edge, right? The, a higher ceiling just with his ability to to progress and develop as a head coach. I like their coaching staff. I think they both are armed with, uh, with some really fantastic coordinators, as you'd kind of mentioned before. And and then that, that ability to, to run the football is, is being kind of a remedy to some deficiencies across the roster and across the conference and in, in the NFC, as we're seeing, and the Cardinals have a guy in James Conner that they've been able to lean on. Uh, a lot can change if you lose Conner, right? Because we've seen, Connor star. And then we've seen the other two fall short. Like the, we haven't seen Keontae Ingram have really any rock solid runs in any, in, in his few opportunities. And, and I, I, I tend to agree with you as far as Amari Dermacado, we haven't seen too much to get too excited about there, but it, it can, it can help you out so many ways. And we've seen it so far through three games where it keeps you in the games, right? It keeps you competitive churns clops it gives you the ability to sustain drives it also gives your defense the ability to stay off the field and it's just so if you can run the ball effectively you can put yourself in a good position and but then also if you are if you have good play callers on in all three phases you, you also have a really good chance with running the football but it can all be torpedoed if you can't if you just have a bad day on the ground James Conner, according to ESPN, is on pace for about 1,500 yards from scrimmage this year, uh, 1,400 on the ground. Uh, he is uh, averaging 5.2 yards per touch, 266 yards, um, and two touchdowns. Leads the team right now. He and Hollywood Brown both have two tutties. Um, it is interesting. Like They opted not to take a back, and they sniffed mm-hmm. around some backs, and, and we know the names, and 
backs got overdrafted. It was a good back class last year. And, and uh-huh. you made a great point. I love the analogy. The Cardinals had to eat their vegetables, right? Yeah. Tackle, pass rusher, corner, receiver, like premier positions. I mean, I, w- I would bet my 401k that a top three pick next April is used on a premier back, like a back that it's, at some point is going to be knock on wood. If you're lucky, the next James Conner, like I could see them using a second round pick on a back. You know, they're, they're going to have two premier picks in the first round. I mean, depending on where that number two is to, to be able to take a, a workhorse, because again, like it's not a compliment. Like Kenyon Drake was a compliment. Chase Edmonds was a compliment, right? David Johnson toward the end. The compliments to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was the dominant runner and thrower of the football. This offense needs a workhorse back. Yeah. And there is a significant drop off right now. Like, could they could they sign a back? Montgomery style free agency? Maybe. But I, I think they need multiple. And I, I, I think it's time now for this franchise. And it's, it sounds weird because Connor's having such a great year, but you do wonder when that other shoe's going to fall. He's been hurt each of the couple of years he's been here. He's what, 27, 28 years old? Like, yeah. Could very well be it, but there's a reason why they opted not to say, "Hey, James, take a pay cut." Hey, James, we're going to move off you. They could have saved over half of his contract by cutting him after kind of a down year last year. But I mean, man, they're they're paying him eight figures, and they're saying you're going to be the the offensive stalwart for us. Go, you know, you know, be a leader of men and a, an example for the rest of these guys. And I think it was a great strategy, assuming he can make it 17 weeks. He's been ridiculously good for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, mm-hmm. I tweeted it out there in the last. Since 2021 and, and, you know, three weeks into the 2023 season, only he's tied with Devontae Adams for second most total touchdowns in the NFL during that span. Austin Eckler, only one guy in the NFL has more total touchdowns than James Conner. Eckler has 39 and, and James Conner has 28, including the two that he has this season. But what I mean, it's the same thing with James Conner. And it's always been right. James Conner is spectacular when he's healthy. You know, he's right around 14 games per season, and he's now been on the injury report twice of the two, three weeks of the three weeks. Right. He had the calf right after week one and then he had or going into week one and then he has the back. He came out and he talked to us on Thursday and he said he's 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 all good. He talked, you know, Howard Balzer asked him how he was doing physically. And he said, I'm doing well. How are you doing? (laughs) He's like just kind of like tap dancing around. But. You know, and, and really kind of give us the insurances that he's going to be there week four against the San Francisco 49ers. And he gets up from the podium and we've all been there. I mean, we're in our late thirties, right? And it's like, you've had a sore back before. He legitimately looked like a guy who had a really sore back. And, you know, we're, we're going into week four of the seasons. Like we haven't seen much from the other two backs. Like just like the quarterback was an issue, right? Where if they just gotten Josh Dobbs and, in the door in March probably could at least be two and one, maybe three and all right. If, if the obs is up to speed uh, with, with the bulk of an off season to prepare a full training camp and preseason with this team, like is, is this running back thing and not maybe loading that room up a little bit beyond James Connor, just one compliment, you know, is it going to be part of their, their, the overlooked moves from this off season? I mean, you could have taken Tank Bigsby over Garrett Williams. Now, I wouldn't have recommended that, but they used the top 30 pick on Tank Bigsby, scored a touchdown for Jacksonville, and he's a big physical back like they like. I mean, they have a type. Austin Ford, while he wasn't there when they drafted him, they had, you know, Derrick Henry, former 2,000-yard rusher in the building. Well, who did, you know, Petsing have? 
part of his offense. Nick Chubb, physical, Kareem Hunt, physical. Like they they want guys that are 5'10, 5'11, 6 foot, 220 pounds to be able. I mean, James Conner is like top three in the NFL in broken tackles. It's fantastic, mm-hmm. right? They don't need like Rondell, what made his run so special is because that's not what this run game is yet. It's not breaking long strides for touchdowns. It's it's the they have eight plays of uh or is it 20 20 rushes for over eight yards or eight rushes for over 20 yards, something to that effect. And it's like, that's okay because then it opens up the passing game and opens, opens up the play action. You've got two quarterbacks and Kyler Murray and Josh Dobbs that can move. Like they want to wear you down and they want to take your soul at the line of scrimmage and with a big physical back. And I appreciate that because it for, for the longest time, and I, you know, I'll put Kyler aside for a second, but this offense had been small. Like Chase Edmonds is small and Rondell mm. Moore and Isabella is small, right? You you want to, you know, impose your will. Dobbs is a big guy. The offensive line. I I do agree with you though. I think they took the right approach with the offensive line. They flushed it with bodies and it so far it's paid dividends. They've got three capable tackles. You know, they've mixed and matched with some interior guys. Froholt's been fantastic. Like, did they did they de-emphasize the importance of a run game for 17 weeks and getting a quality back just in case James Conner goes down. We're going to find out. Yeah. Cause he's, I mean, it's, it's, it's premature because he's, we assume he's going to play this weekend, but we're only in week. Yeah. Three. I think, I think he'll play. Yeah. But I, I'm just talking about the wear and tear and, and there's already, you know, little red flags they're not going all the way up. Uh, there could be some bad luck in there with Marlon Mack, but he's a guy that had an injury history already, but that yeah, sucked, you sure. know, and tear his Achilles. So yeah. five feet away from him mm-hmm. and who threw that ball to, to old Marlon Mack. Colt McCoy had an errant. We were standing right there. Bo was to my left. Howard Balzer was to my right. And Colt McCoy was trying to throw like a flat and like swing pass to Marlon Mack. And it was, wasn't even during team. And the poor guy had to adjust for it, and his knee was done, or his Achilles was done. Yeah, his Achilles was done. So, uh, but so far, so good. I mean, it's they would put a lot of of pressure on Keontae Ingram's shoulders, and I'd be curious to see what you know. Obviously, they would have to sign somebody if they had to move, you know, any any not significant amount of time, but say, you know, James Conner couldn't go and and just look at his career up into this date. Like there's, there's weeks, he misses weeks during the regular season. It would be the outlier. If he's, if he can make it through 17 weeks this season, it would be unbelievable. Uh, but, and, and I'm sure his, you talk about those numbers that he projects to, he would, he would definitely cash in on those, but oh man, I mean, that would, that would be an absolute just marathon for a guy like James Connor. And he's your most valuable player. That's not a quarterback right now. Yeah. On either side of the ball. But I love what I'm seeing, man. And I mean, from Michael Wilson blocking at the wide receiver position, I don't think we've seen anybody kind of be able to do that. Trey McBride looks good in the the blocking game. You saw, you know, Paris Johnson, of course, is looking good. Yelda Froholt, you love the offensive line. But even outside of that, like as a collective group, it's collective effort. Can't I can't think of a maybe back when Fitz was out there and he was – he was doing some things in the in the run game, but this is a this is a pretty pretty bullish about this group just overall as a as a, as a run blocking. It's unit. like they knew they could potentially be limited with the players they had available this year, and they were yeah. like, okay, well, what's the easiest way to remedy that? And we knew they were going to run the ball anyway, but 
to mindset. It's refreshing. Like it's, I mean, like, but I think Ben Johnson does such a good job of that. And Brad Holmes compliments it too. And, and yeah. it's to like what Baldy said. It's like, yeah, you can ground and bound, but at some point, you know, they're going to stack the box. And are you going to be able to sustain, you know, double digit play drives? That's unrealistic. At some point you got to incorporate some splash plays and man, has Drew Petzing been really rock solid in that both in the run and the pass. Yeah. I mean, they're, very, they're very fortunate with the staff they were able to put together as we outlined on our show earlier this week given the time frame in, in which Jonathan Gannon was hired. Remember they were going to, they were going to have to scratch and claw to get anybody because they waited so long and there were articles locally being written. Like this is a disaster. Gannon won't be able to have Gannon had his staff ready to go guys. He wanted to bring in, should he get a head coaching job? This, this was, this was always the plan. Uh, Say for like, you know, senior off or defensive coordinator, Mike Zimmer, but you know, maybe, maybe Mike joins the staff at some point, but uh <laughs> Bo Brock, you were at the practice field on Thursday, mm-hmm. relatively light work for the Arizona Cardinals as they prepare to venture further out west, take on San Francisco on Sunday. You know, defensively, I think, is where this team probably struggling the most, specifically in the front seven with guys being nicked up. Yeah, for the third straight week, I mean, they're in danger of, of losing uh, real solid defensive linemen. Some of the beef continues to go down for the Arizona Cardinals, and, and we'll see. It's it's never a good sign when he misses back-to-back practice, and Jonathan Ledbetter has done that. He's on the injury report with a finger. Something will follow up with Jonathan Gannon about uh, today. We meet with him during his press availability and see if Ledbetter, if there's a chance. Uh, I, I'm pretty skeptical at this point. Um, so you add Roy Lopez to an already kind of depleted uh, unit, and then you've got you know, Kevin Strong, who's played well. You've got Ben Stilley, who's been added to that. Lecky Fotu just got re-healthy from, from a shoulder. So it's it's a it's a group that we've talked about a lot, and we've been pleasantly surprised by the productivity uh, coming from some really unique spots. But you can only take so much. I mean, you can only take uh, that flex tape and, and throw it on that defensive line anymore uh, before, you know, it – it goes under, it goes underwater and there it just completely, the leak just sprouts into just, uh, it just hemorrhages water. So it's, it's going to be, we'll see what led better. Cause he's been so good so far, but you're already down Watkins, you're down Collier, be down led better. Uh, that would just be another hit to this group that couldn't stand to lose much. Anyways, we were texting before we recorded and I, we've been, cashing in unfortunately on the c-mac christian mccaffrey anytime touchdown with a friends of betting game and i said just out of curiosity like what what is it and how much money can i put on it not that i'm rooting for c-mac to score against the cardinals but i, I do feel like it could be inevitable minus 300 at bet mgm right now for, for a c-mac anytime touchdown which if you're not uh dabbling on bet mgm what are you waiting for but if you're not versed in how betting works Minus three hundred. The easiest way to decipher it is that you would have to put three hundred dollars down to hundred dollars, <laughs> which is that's that's not a great. Those aren't great odds, right? Um, yeah. You would text me. You're like, what about multiple touchdowns? It's still not great. I think it's like plus one sixty for him to score multiple times. Again, hundred bucks or hundred and sixty bucks wins you a hundred bucks. Like that. That is that is rough, especially like most anytime touchdowns are like plus 150 to like plus 600. I mean, you can get pretty good odds. These are bad odds. And it's Vegas telling everybody like the Niners want to run the football right at the Cardinals and the Cardinals, they're going to have to take advantage if, if, and when San Francisco makes mistakes, 
They're obviously much more buttoned up and well-coached than Dallas was. The Cardinals took advantage because the buffoonery that Mike McCarthy can have, all the penalties, the holding penalties, they made Dak uncomfortable. I mean, it's it's going to be, if they're able to hang in this game again, if we're sitting there doing the halftime show from BetMGM, if we're entering the mm-hmm. third quarter, it's a one-possession game. Like, fuck, man. Like, I, I don't know what more we can say about this coaching staff because this team was expected to be bludgeoned this first month and how difficult these games were. And for them, to, we're sitting here, and I get it, they're one and two, but ultra competitive with these guys that were afterthoughts around the NFL. It's something to be commended. I just, you know, I hope that this is not the weekend where the dam bursts finally. Yeah, and looking, like, is is the early blueprint, you know, how the Rams hung tight with the Niners. They Maybe. lose, what, 30 to 23. And mm-hmm. you look at the box score, and, you know, Brock Purdy was pretty pedestrian, and that passing tack was was very pedestrian, if not below average. I mean, Brock Purdy didn't throw any touchdowns. He threw for just over 206 yards. Uh, and, you know, you didn't see anybody shine in the in the passing attack. You know, and, they, and they, this was a game that they had their full complement of, you know, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and, and George Kittle and, and also C-Mac in there as well. Uh, he had a big day on the ground. But, I mean, you're looking at the injury report for – for San Francisco and they're just getting IU back on the practice field. Mm-hmm. And then you see Debo who hasn't practiced for back-to-back games. He's got a rib injury, could potentially legitimately list, miss this game. You know, do they just go off and, and sell out and shut down the passing attack? And then, you know, Christian McCaffrey, does he get a heavy workload and get a decent game on the ground, but you shut down Brock Purdy and what they try to do in, in the receiving game. I, I think that might be, which direction they go. I use a really good player. I, Devo Samuel is, is on a different level. I mean, yeah. what he did to the Giants last week, just abuse Wink Martindale and company. Yeah. That's what the Cardinals didn't have to, to close out that game two weeks ago. But Those are big I, losses. Look at their depth chart. There's not much behind those two guys. No, no. Juwan Jennings was a seventh rounder. And, you know, the run game is the staple of the Shanahan offense. And that's yeah. why it's traveled so well. It's why it works with a guy like Purdy who's limited physically. Again, man, like when is that game coming where Purdy just looks below average? Multiple interceptions that cost them. Cardinals potentially get a short field. I mean, I know it was last year. Right? I mean, Kansas City went in and beat the shit out of the Niners last year <laughs> in, in, in San Francisco. So it, it can happen. Um, it's just it feels like you're going into this game with a with a knife to a gunfight because I I do think the Cardinals are going to be much more formidable later in the year, more experienced. Kyler Murray's back and then, you know, full off season and get some complimentary assets, but I mean this this Niner team and I felt this way for a while. Like this is their year. They, they yeah. this this thing's built on a house of cards. They have no money to extend a bunch of guys. You know, Bose has got injury concerns, Trent Williams has got injury concerns, Debo, Ayuk, McCaffrey, like they they should win the NFC this year. And if they don't, yeah. it's a huge disappointment. I mean, who else in the NFC can you I know people Philadelphia is gonna regress at some point. I, they're not the same team as they were last year. Mm-hmm. I think I think San Francisco, again, like you can nip up Kyle Shanahan teams in, in September. Typically they get they're opposite of Kingsbury's where they get better in November, December, and January. But the so much pressure on these teams in San Francisco and Dallas, whereas the Cardinals have no pressure. And I think, mm-hmm. again, like, I don't expect the Cardinals to read their press clippings this past week of how well, like, above average they're playing. I, I think, if anything, they can breathe a sigh of relief like we talked about last Monday. Like, 
the ability to win a game without Kyler Murray with the expectations of not being favored in any game, like you win a game and you, you can play freer. I don't, I don't, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. You're not, not going to sit and glo- do you think Josh Dobbs is gloating about a win against Dallas? Come on. I mean, you can tell that the team is, is definitely pumped up. I, I think it's because, you know, that we talk about how Jonathan Gannon makes sure that they're process driven, that everybody's, they're bought in the process and he said in his post game presser last year or last week, he's like, you know, it's, it's kind of a shame, like wins and losses or sometimes you lose sight of the process and, and everything you kind of put into it. And it's a great, um, yeah. And, you know, I think that the, the team understands that, but it, they feel, I think I, it, it, uh, it really makes them feel confident in the process now more so than ever. And that's, that's exactly what they needed. I mean, we thought they could potentially get it week one and, and it would pay off, but they had to pay their dues and it, it almost felt better. Right. But they felt a little vindicated as well along the line. So they're playing with some confidence, which is really good going into such a tough opponent, you know, in, in San Francisco, because they, they are absolutely just loaded. And, you know, we'll get into the spread on Friday's episode or our ultimate preview of that game and make our predictions. But, you know, it, the, the Ledbetter thing looked kind of something to follow along with. Hollywood Brown showed up on the on the injury list. We'll, we'll see probably nothing too serious there. Um, and then, you know, Zayvon Collins looks like he's back, and Chris Barnes is back in a limited capacity with his his finger. It was wrapped, but, you know, Zayvon's was a crazy injury. We can get into that on Friday's episode. You, you can also check out, uh, if you don't want to wait, on our social media at PHNX underscore Cardinals. It gives the whole rundown. I mean, it's pretty shocking that he's good to go again. And he's got vision in his eye that he got poked. And I'll say this too. The guy not only poked Zavin in the eye, got through the face back to, to Zavin, but he also got Gardak too, who has a black eye from the same thing. They got reinforcements coming though. I I, I think yeah. we're going to be sitting here this time next week and we're, we're going to be talking about a couple key players for the Cardinals at key positions coming back and, and back in practice. And who goes? Like who who are you willing to part ways with? I mean, you're gonna have, if Majay Sanders comes back, and I'm excited. I think Majay Sanders has a very unique skill set. It's very you know diverse from where long. who they already have. Right? He's long. He's he's more of a speed rusher. Right? Um, it's gonna be interesting to see like who's it, Luketa? I mean, who's seeing snaps on offense? Is and that who? that was the guy I was gonna suggest. And that's that's tough, man. Yeah, you got Victor Dumakaji. He's got two and a half sacks. Yeah, your deck leads the team in sacks. You're not getting rid of Zayvon, Cam, Cam Thomas, or BJ Jalari. I mean, right? I just have to be heavy. At see, Cam Thomas. We touched on this off air. Like Cam Thomas might have to kick in inside again. Like he played the run really well in the red zone, but you know, uh, series to end the game against Dallas. And I know he, Kingsbury and company, they had him like put on weight, and now he's back down. He's leaned out, or or is it vice versa? I can't remember, but. Um, Cam Thomas might have to say, like, I can I can play inside on on rundowns if necessary. Yeah. And then I think the, the defensive back, you know, Garrett Williams, I think Christian Matthew, Antonio Hamilton, haven't seen a whole lot of them. Probably a little bit easier decision. Yeah. They'll they'll welcome a third rounder who is Oh, and then a quarterback, that. right? I'm not familiar with that. Position <laughs> group. Uh, I am familiar with uh, with this podcast, like and subscribe. Bo and I will be in studio for our Friday game preview, as he alluded to. Got some exciting stuff coming down the pipeline. It begins this weekend with our friends at BetMGM. We will be out 
at the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium for the away game. BetMGM, myself, Bo Brock, Britton Golden, breaking down pregame, halftime, postgame. In the meantime, check us out here, PHNX Sports. Check us out on Megaphone. Uh, get your downloads from Apple, iTunes, Spotify, whatever. And also PHNX Sports on YouTube. Bo, see you Friday, my friend. Can't wait. Thank <music> you.